Good morning. For this is the day the Lord has made. I'm glad to be here this morning and to have an opportunity to share with you. I'm Denise Posey, and I live in Kalamazoo, so I had a nice drive this morning. Um, saw a little bit of snow on the way. It's amazing to me. I would like to read, uh, if you turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, the 22nd chapter. And we'll be reading from verse 54. It's beautiful to hear the pages of scripture, isn't it? Verse 54. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, you also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was saying, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him before the rooster crows today. You would disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. This is the word of God. I love this story of Peter. I love this story. It's a sad story. But I believe that many of us relate to Peter. Many of us probably have a little bit of Peter in us. I'm going to admit I do. But as far as I am concerned, I believe this is one of the most memorable moments in Peter's life. I believe this is one of the moments in which he held on to years later. And one of the unique things about the writing in Luke is that he mentions a major detail. 
And that detail is that Jesus turned and looked at Peter. Can you imagine that? Jesus turning and looking at Peter. I began to ask a couple questions, and one being, why would Jesus tell Peter that he would deny him three times beforehand? And secondly, why would Peter say he did not know Jesus Christ? Now, when we look at the scene, we know that Jesus is being taken away for one of the trials. And I can't even imagine what Peter was thinking. In some sense, he was, he was probably afraid, but he, he wanted to know. I mean, Peter needed to be in control. He, he needed to be, to be out there, to, to know what is, is, is going to happen. So can you imagine Peter being sorrowful? After being with Jesus, he and the other disciples, for about three years, walking closely with the Son of God and listening to Jesus talk about how he would suffer and die, watching, should have been watching and praying as Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane, praying, Father, remove this bitter cup. But instead, the disciples had fallen asleep and Jesus said, pray so you will not be tempted. Can you imagine? The disciples had walked closely with Jesus, and now Peter comes to this point. He's self-centered. He's self-confident. He's impulsive. He speaks out of turn. He's anxious. He had a mind of his own. I remember uh, being on a, a boat with some friends some years ago in San Diego, and um, the captain happened to let me sit at the helm just for a few seconds. That was dangerous, but just for a few seconds. And then he got in his seat because, see, he knew where we were going and he knew the capacity of the boat. I knew none of that. Hmm, I had to move out of the way and let him have his seat. That's what Peter needed to do, is to allow Jesus to have the seat of his heart so that Jesus would be in control of his life instead of him taking control. Peter was leaning into his fear. He was trying to see what was going to happen to Jesus. And the text tells us that, that Peter, he followed at a distance. He followed at a distance. That's like having one foot in and one foot out. And then the text also tells us that he sat down. He sat down. He sat down in the middle court. He sat down with individuals who opposed Jesus. 
he sat down. And, and they knew they had seen Peter before as the light was shining on him, but he denied Jesus. He denied that he knew Jesus. And something about sitting down, let me say this something about sitting down in the middle court there. We know that in Psalm 1 it says that blessed is the one who do not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the sinner, in the seat of mockers. And imagine what they were saying about Jesus. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand with sinners or sit with mockers. He was sitting with mockers. Peter sat with them, denied that he knowed, that he knew Jesus Christ. And at one point, his voice got loud, and, and then what happens? Jesus is brought through that area, and he looks. He looks at Peter. He doesn't say anything, but he looks at Peter. He turns, and he looks at Peter. The conditions and the circumstances cause, we really don't know what caused Peter to deny that he knew Christ. We don't know for sure. I don't think we should be too hard on Peter. I really don't think we should. But I also think that we shouldn't take it too lightly because he denied that he knew Jesus, that he walked with Jesus, that he, that he understood the teachings of Jesus. And in that same chapter, Jesus tells Peter that I've prayed for you that you would not fall into temptation, and that's what he did. Peter was vulnerable. He was vulnerable, and he denied Christ. Peter had weak faith, weak faith. Peter was more concerned about the external. If you think about Peter, this was, a, this was a pivotal moment for him, and he didn't realize it, though. I love when Jesus first called Peter. And I'm, I'm going to say Peter because that's who the focus is, is Peter. When he first called Peter, he performed a miracle after they had been fishing all night long, and Jesus said to cast your net on the other side cast your nets on the other side. And they, they caught many, many fish. They, it was so many fish that the nets broke. And, and at that time, they saw this miracle. And, G, and, and, and Jesus said to Peter, he says, to come, follow me. And Peter was so excited. And, and what did he, he says, I'm a sinner. But he believed. And they left everything. Peter left everything to follow Christ. 
This is the same Peter that's in this text. It's unbelievable, but it's the same Peter. It's the same Peter who made that confession of faith that thou art the Messiah, the son of the living God. And then he turned around, Peter had to, or Jesus had to rebuke him. Get behind me, Satan. This is the same Peter. This is the same Peter who would not allow Jesus to wash his feet. But then once he understood about how they would serve each other, then he asked Jesus to wash my head, just to wash all of me. It's the same Peter. And it is the same Peter that in chapter 22, who argues about who is the greatest. Peter was in his flesh. Oftentimes, Peter was thinking about himself oftentimes. But after, after this moment of brokenness, when Peter saw Jesus, he saw Jesus' face. And I might imagine when Peter saw Jesus' face, he saw a face that loved him. One that says, I love you anyway. I love you just as you are. That's some kind of love. That's some kind of love. I love you just as you are. Because Jesus knew. Jesus knew that after this moment that Peter would not be the same. That Peter's faith would be strengthened. That he would, but he would not be the same, and he would go on and do great works for the kingdom. You remember. But first of all, let me say this about Peter. There was a beauty in his brokenness. We don't like to think of something beautiful coming out of brokenness. But Peter was learning a lifelong posture of humility, dependence on God, and obedience. That's what happens when we become so broken. He was repenting in his heart, turning away from his, the sin and turning to Jesus Christ. Peter, after his brokenness, he was on a pathway, a pathway to repentance, and not only repentance, but to healing and restoration. Just as you think about when King David has sinned by uh, being with Bathsheba, taking another man's wife and killing her husband, Uriah. After it was pointed out to him by Nathan the prophet, he says in Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Well, that's what was happening to Peter in all of his brokenness, in all of his brokenness. But he was a different Peter. He was a different Peter after he fell, after 
this incident. He was the Peter who on the day of Pentecost, he stood before the people who had come to celebrate, celebrate Pentecost, people from all over. And he preached, he preached that powerful message and many came to know Jesus Christ. They repented and came to Christ. He is the same Peter. He, was the, he is the same Peter, hallelujah, that Jesus in, 20, in chapter 22, Jesus says, when you return, meaning after, after this, Jesus knew was what was going to happen. You know, that's why Jesus told Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Jesus knew. He knew what he was going, he knew what he was going to do. But he says, after you return to strengthen your brothers and your sisters, strengthen them. And so Peter wrote in, in uh, the letter, in, in his first letter, he wrote to the Christians who were going through a time of suffering. And he says in regards to their trials that these, have, these trials have, have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So Peter, he became stronger. Peter did great things. And I read somewhere that um, the apostle Peter, he, he, he died. When he died, he was crucified. He was crucified on the Vatican Hill in Rome. It was during the uh, reign of uh, the Emperor Nero. And according to legend, it said that he was crucified upside down because he felt that he was not worthy to be crucified as Jesus Christ had been crucified. I was thinking, what if, just what if, this season of brokenness had not happened to Peter? What if it hadn't happened? You know, Peter would probably have been the old Peter, but because God could not use Peter the way he was, and he put his finger on Peter's weakness and allowed this to happen in his life. And it made me think about something that happened in my own life 31 years ago when I said I was a Christian, when I said I was following Jesus Christ. Isn't that what Peter did? And I was in corporate America and someone came to me and said, have you thought about having an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus Christ? And I'm thinking, what? I'm already a Christian. And, I, and the person recommended that I read a book, The God You Could Know, and the Gospel of Mark. And what happened a few weeks later, when, when, I, was, when I came home from work, and I had a briefcase, and 
I threw it on the floor and I fell before the Lord and I asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart. See, I loved my job. I loved it. I was what you might call a workaholic. And you might say that I was the captain of my soul. It wasn't Jesus, but my words. And I would go to church every now and then, and I was a nice person. But that was my moment of brokenness. I remember falling on my knees and crying out to the Lord like I've never cried before. It hurt. Have you ever cried so hard that it hurt? I mean, that it was just painful. I cried out to the Lord. And I said, Jesus, I am a sinner. And I asked him to come into my life. And I know I'm not the same person I used to be. Peter was not the same person he used to be because God allowed him to be broken. And I, and I began to think about this song. You know the song, Come Thou Fount. The fourth verse says, O oh, to grace, how great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to be. Let that goodness, like a fetter, Bind my wandering heart to thee, prone to wonder, prone to wander. Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. We are prone to wander. Peter was prone to wander. He was all by himself. He wasn't with the other disciples. John was near, but he wandered into the middle court. We have to be careful about wandering off by ourselves and, and moving into the middle court. I see the middle, middle court as being a place where people oppose Jesus, people who are not necessarily our friends. But even, and this, and this middle court was different than, uh, and Peter's intent was different than what Jesus was when Jesus would sit and, and um, talk and eat with tax, collector, tax collectors and sinners. Peter walked into a space, a vulnerable space, in which he was tempted. And then I began to think about when, what times do we deny Christ? Sometimes we deny Christ because we are afraid. I believe Peter was afraid. And I don't know why he was afraid, because Jesus had already told him how he was going to die. But he was afraid. But sometimes when we don't speak up, we're silent because we're afraid of the people around us. And we know that something happened and it wasn't right. And it may have even been evil. These are times when we deny Jesus. When we deny Jesus. 
And maybe sometimes we're with our good friends and, and we don't let people know that we are, maybe we're on our job and we don't let people know we're Christians. We deny knowing Jesus Christ. My lifelong statement, purpose statement, is to know, to know him and to make him known and to be a vessel for lives to be transformed, to know him and to make him known. But I don't know. And I pray that I won't be, ever be in a place where I'm so afraid to say that I love Jesus, to say that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. We don't know. Peter couldn't see his own weakness. God used Peter to help us to see that even in our weakest hour, in our brokenness, I love you anyway. I have a plan for your life. And you can't make it happen, but trust in me. Are you following Jesus closely? Or are you following at a distance? Are you following Jesus closely in his word? Praying, Lord, lead me, guide me, Lord, keep me. Someone recently made a statement that our young people really want to know what it's like to follow Jesus. I hope that we can all be examples for them, our passion for Jesus Christ, and that they see us following Jesus Christ closely, reading his word. Maybe you're going through a season of brokenness right now. He knows where you are. He sees you. And he loves you. And he will take care of you. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. Isaiah 43, 1. When fears are stilled, when strivings cease, your comforter, your all in all, here in the love of Christ you stand. He loves us so much that he went to the cross to die for you and for me. He had to go that way. The beauty of brokenness, as we see in our text, 
is that God doesn't let us stay in our brokenness. We repent of our sin, and he restores us. And when he restores us, he uses us. God uses our brokenness to strengthen our faith. Our faith that no matter what comes in life, we will stand in his love, not by ourselves, but we will help to strengthen others. To that we say, to God be the glory. Can we say that? To God be the glory. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we stand before you and we sit before you, Lord God. We bow in our hearts before you and say thank you for your love for us. Lord, even when we, we deny you, and sometimes we do that in small ways, you are still there and you love us and we praise you for that. We thank you, Lord God, for the example of Peter. I wanted to say to Peter when he went to that middle court, don't go there. And sometimes we have friends who, parents who might even say, don't go there, and we go anyway, because we are gui guiding our own way. Lord, help us to trust in you and give us strong faith that no matter what challenges we come to in life, we will always know your will and to represent you as children who are after your own heart. So it's in you, Lord God, we give honor and glory. Amen. Amen.